every now and then, if you listen to the uh, White Christmas episode, yeah, it'll go like, every now and then, it sounds like a UFO came into the room. <laughs> it's just like, and I thought it had to be something like that, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Cause it, didn't, it sounds very supernatural. Like, it doesn't <laughs> sound like a fan. <laughs> like, our podcast is haunted. <laughs> Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education, The, the Musical. I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined, as always, by... I'm Vinny. And Mike. And our special guest star this week is our silent partner... Hello, friends. It's Jenny! <laughs> we needed a stunt virgin this week because uh, we wanted to watch... The, the Muppet movie. movie! And I was easy to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah, that is also true. It's the holiday season, and um, everybody's busy except Jenny. Well, us. Us, <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, speaking of, did you guys see what I posted about the movies that I picked up at Half Price book at, <gasps> Books as my stocking stuffer to myself? No. I got. I got. Number one, Ziegfeld Follies, which oh, yeah, is that, that one which is musical been talking about that, that keeps did. popping yeah, up yeah. that fucking everybody was in. I'm, I've never seen it. Super curious. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, none of us have, right? Yeah. yeah. That's one um, that's definitely been on my radar because, like, every time we, like, look somebody up, we're like, and they were also in yeah. Ziegfeld, Ziegfeld Follies. <laughs> like, what the shit? Raspberry. And I got a two-pack of Eleanor Powell movies. Nice. And then this... Musicals of the 50s that has like six different movies in it, including Gigi and American in Paris. And we'll just skip right over those. Hard pass on the both of those. <laughs> right. Zutalo. But it's got a uh, high society, funny face, which there's oh, interesting things. I like a lot of the visuals of oh, funny yeah. face. Yeah. Um, and like a couple of other ones, I was like, fuck yeah. And it was on the clearance. It was nice. in clearance. It was like a buck fifty. Oh, woot, nice. Woot. The half price? Yeah. Oh, Merry Christmas to me over here at the Parmer one. Because the other ones don't have as good. The the Parmer one is like got be, some serious good. I have really good, good luck at the Round Rock one for various weirder movies, but I never find musicals anywhere. Yeah, the the Parmer one over here, right? Yeah. Don't give away your secrets. It's got... It's okay, there's only is, like ten people <laughs> Yeah, but apparently two of them are people I'm like, who are you? Yeah. Excellent, I'm so glad strangers <laughs> yes. are listening to us. Um, people I don't know, please introduce yourself. We could become friends. <laughs> your nightmares coming true, I am your but at the Parma one, there's the whole big movie section, and yeah. then you literally go across the store to a book section, and there's like two small shelves dedicated to musicals and um, like concert movies. And the musicals are generally a really good selection of like classic stuff. And I, no other half price book I found has got yeah. as consistent a collection. I just go to the Lamar one because it's close, but like it's not. It, Great yeah. selection. Yeah. yeah. And also, <laughs> I still managed to spend like 50 bucks in there every time. Well, like, that's dangerous. The, that one down there, that one drives me crazy because it doesn't even have like decent genreing. It's just movies. And I'm like, where, like, the like one on DVDs and Blu ray. Yeah. Huh. I, I don't remember. It's sort of my genre at least, but. What? Is it? One on Northmore? Yeah. Okay. There's like one of the ones I've been to that's South just like there's one on South Lamar down by the that that's just road that's like real mo- shitty. Like movies and I'm like I need you to at least can we separate out that is the one where I got the Criterion drama. Collection edition of Armageddon though 
<laughs> because what and you then, really need is a high quality. Uh, what you really need is Ben Affleck's not giving a fuck commentary on oh, it. Oh, you're right. Where I he do just do like that. throws shade. He's like, I asked Michael Bay why it would be easier to train drillers to become astronauts than to train astronauts to drill things, and he told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his entire commentary is like that. <laughs> It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we should get back to the Muppet movie. Etc. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Muppet movie. Um, Dogs, no I'm gonna start drinking while we watch this. FYI, <laughs> I got a <laughs> bottle at the at the White Elephant. I got a bottle of Kraken nice. uh, rum. I'm gonna. I might release the Kraken guys. <laughs> um, did you? Say, oh, I didn't show you what I made. I made little yip yip um, Muppet. It's perfect. Like it's, I should put the picture of them in in the show notes. The the yip 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 aliens. Mm-hmm. I made Christmas stockings. I crocheted Christmas stockings that are yip yips. Nice. That's hilarious. I took those and they were hotly contested a couple of times. But what people mostly wanted was the pot. Um. Yeah. Well, Somebody was like, I brought edibles. <laughs> and everybody. What was this for? A white elephant. Is this like with friends? Yes. Or like not like at work or something, no, right? No, no, like, no. I'm not going to say who because I don't want to out yeah, who's, yeah, yeah. who's passing around the pot. No, but usually it's uh, like people say white elephant. I always think of like, oh, they brought it for like yeah. work or something. And I was like, do you not do the white elephant thing where you trade where like we do? I don't do a whole lot of Christmas parties because I love so. a real <laughs> cutthroat white elephant. It's hilarious. Yeah, <gasps> do you know what? I have to show you. I'll have to put that in the show notes too. Chris, because Chris is like, I don't know what to do. I've, I worked on the stockings for a couple of days because I always make something to take. Chris, for one reason or another, God bless him, he did um, a digital painting of Ted Cruz earlier in the year. Why? That is not <laughs> flattering. And he painted. No picture would he's be like, that. I know what to do. He took it, painted a Santa hat on it. Turned his coat red and wrote Merry Texmas on the top and printed it up and framed it. And it was uh-huh. it was the gift that it popped out and everybody's like, Oh shit. They're like, they're like why? Yeah. And Chris was just giggling, crying, yeah, laughing. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Spent so much time th- trying to figure out if you could. You didn't have to be sure. <laughs> it was oh oh it was it was glorious. There's a lot of laughter. Comedy tonight. And now I have crack and rum, so I'm a happy girl. Um so the Muppet movie. So it all worked out. Yeah. You've never seen the Muppet movie. Maybe. I don't remember the Muppet movie. I definitely saw the Muppet movie. If we get five minutes into this and you're like, Oh, I know this now, I'm gonna I throw mean- you through that. That didn't fucking stop y'all from watching Mary Poppins again and halfway remembering things halfway through. It'll be fine. I'll just pretend. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just edit this part out. Yeah. Yeah, Sure. No, I definitely saw Muppet Treasure Island because I saw that on an elementary school field trip. And I definitely saw Muppet's Christmas Carol for the same reasons. I actually just watched that again this Christmas. I did too because it's so good. good. And I watched Muppet Babies the whole time I was growing up. Muppet Baby. Did you ever watch like the Muppet Show or any of that I don't stuff? Think so, it was kind of I like I watched a whole lot of stuff. You guys Street are a little young a for the Muppet movie. My dad, but pardon me, the Muppet Show. I grew up on it, but like probably like of course like I think it was like more seventies yeah, and eighties. Right? Yeah, the Muppet Show was seventies. Yeah, because yeah, I did I did Sesame Street for sure. All about Grover. He was super cool. Grover's the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My dad really liked Fozzie Bear though. I just remembered I that had tracks. Yeah. I've met you your met dad. dad. <laughs> I had a dream one time. Oh, he kept getting compared to the two old men up in the balcony. Statler and Waldorf. That's how I live my life. 
Good job, you. <laughs> okay, I have a story about that too. I have so many stories. I'm feeling real focused tonight, guys. I had a dream one this time. This is going to be a four-hour episode. <laughs> I had a dream one time, and I woke up and told it to Chris. And I woke up, and I'm like, honey, I had this weird dream where I was on a road trip to save the planet to grow with Grover to save the planet, but we had to walk to Washington, D.C. And he went, Grover Cleveland, the president? <laughs> I said, no, Grover the Muppet. And he's like, I fucking love you so much right now. <laughs> like it, was a, it was a defining moment in our relationship pretty young where he's like, I can't believe you had a dream where you were on a road trip with Grover the Muppet. I feel like that would be a Grover trip. <laughs> also, I like now. that his first thought is Grover Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in Washington, D.C.? Yeah. yeah. No. But then um, uh, I helped some friends make uh, Statler and Waldorf uh, – costumes for convergence and and arranged for them to have like badge ribbons they were like hashtag team heckle and they were just going around and just heckling people at a at a sci-fi convention it was hilarious so what do you know about the muppet movie uh rainbow connection yes Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh yep that's it i'm sure i will know more at some point based on my knowledge of being an american now you do know it's the first of the muppet movies i gathered that by the title (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there should be one other thing that you know about this, about who wrote the music. Uh, Kermit? You know him. You do know him. <laughs> you do know him. This is last. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's all Paul Williams. This is going to be great then. <laughs> yeah, like, wouldn't, oh, can you imagine if we the, had gotten. That came up in the uh, Phantom of Paradise. Phantom of Paradise. Paradise. Yeah, that's why I was like, you yeah. should know this. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine if we had gotten. Phantom of the Paradise music for the Muppet movie. Oh my god, like, that would have been amazing. <laughs> I mean, but I still love totally every song me. in this. I yeah. want to see. Oh, who would be the best analog for beef? Animal? No. Sweetums. <laughs> <laughs> the big, the big hair I guy. feel like one of the pigs would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Do you think yeah. Miss Piggy? She's a little too fabulous. No, well, no, she's a little beef. too. Fa- uh, beef is fabulous. I guess. Maybe you could do um, Gonzo. Gonzo would be hilarious. That's right where my brain went like, too. With the big I'd antler like belts. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and the platform shoes yeah, and yeah, falls. Yeah. Uh, good times. All right. Um, why don't we go ahead and just watch the movie since. Yeah. 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 Okay. We'll be back. Bye. For anyone who has ever dreamed of fame and fortune at the end of the rainbow, this is one of the greatest success stories of all time. Proving once and for all that anyone can make it, no matter how young, no matter how green. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. All it took was a dream. Hollywood, you sing, you tell jokes, you can make millions of people happy. Millions of people happy. Filled with unshakable friendship. Come with us to Hollywood. When you get rich and famous, maybe we'll show up and exploit your wealth. <laughs> Unforgettable faces. I just gotta catch up with those guys. And unexpected romance. Never before. Under love. Whisper sweet nothings into my ear. To sweet regret. She just walked out on me. Stay away from women. That's my motto. But I can't. Neither can I. That's my trouble. The Muppet Movie, starring Charles Durning and Austin Pendleton. Special guest stars, Edgar Bergen, Milton Berle, 
Mel Brooks, James Coburn, Dom DeLuise, Elliot Gould, Bob Hope, Peach Fudge, Madeline Kahn, Carol Kane, Cloris Leachman, Steve Martin, Richard Pryor, Telly Savalas, Paul Williams, and Orson Welles. I may not be one of your fancy Hollywood frogs, but I deserve a chance. Life's like a movie, write your own family. At the end of the rainbow, where dreams come true, Puppet becomes Muppet, and Earth becomes Mirth. And people who aren't people are the funniest people in the world. The Muppet Movie. It's more entertainment than was ever humanly possible. So that was the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Moving right along. It's very tuneful. It is. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's so wonderful. All right. So, Jenny, had you in fact seen it before? I had not. Okay. Okay. So this was a real one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> not a fake virgin like last. Like, like all those other times. <laughs> 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 I love it, it referencing an episode that no one will ever hear ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the showboat one. The showboat yeah. one. The lost episode. So lost in an episode we don't plan to recreate. No, yeah. no we lost no. it for a reason. No, well, it's fine. There was, it was bad sound, and it's, you know what, it's fine. It's fine. Nobody needs to. Uh. There were like two in a row that were bad sound, and one of them we redid, and one we were like. I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't, not that one. Don't need to watch that again. Yeah. It's fine. It does have Howard Keel. Oh. I mean, it's interesting. There's plenty of other Howard Keel. Yeah. There is. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what are your thoughts on the Muppet movie? That was a time capsule. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, my experience with the Muppet movies were, of course, the themed ones. So it was like Treasure Island and The Christmas Carol. And this one was just like The Muppet Show. But in long form, yeah, it was interesting. It was lower key than I expected, which for a Muppet movie is, you know, still way over the top. But yeah. So have you ever seen like the Great Muppet Caper or the Muppets Take Manhattan? No. Okay. This was, I mean, at the time it was, it was a bold experiment by Jim yes. Henson because they were taking the Muppets into the real world. Is it even going to be possible? Yeah. Well, and I was thinking, it's like, how the fuck did this even get started? Somebody just gave this dude a bunch of money to make these weird little creatures. But this is the same era as like Steven Spielberg making Jaws happen and like (laughs) just practical effects were a major endeavor at this point, I feel like. Well, I think that's the history of human human achievement is wonder how we can do that. Let's just fuck around and figure it out. It's so weird. Like, just kind of trying to think about it from the outside. Just the Muppets are such a strange phenomenon. Well, I highly recommend the Jim Henson biography. Ah. Um, it is, it is number one. Effect of I'm just like holding it up. And right here. Um, you can get it in audiobook form, too. It was a really good investment when we were doing a lot of driving back and forth to Minnesota. Um, no, it's... Uh, I mean, it's a fascinating story. Jim Henson's a fascinating person at a really fascinating time. And 
creating an art form, basically. And he considered himself more of an experimental filmmaker than he did a performer or a puppeteer. It's mm-hmm. just this is kind of where he ended up wandering into and was like, well, I guess this is what I'll do. And so it started with weird commercials and then the Salmon Friends, which was like oh, a five-minute show twice a day on like a local station and then ending up doing bits on the Jimmy Dean show. That's where Rolf first premiered, the character of Rolf. And like sausage? <laughs> <laughs> it turned Rolf into a sausage. I'm just imagining him just, like, stealing sausage from a table. I'm just, like, eating it. <laughs> Cookie Monster. <laughs> Jimmy Dean was a TV show personality. Was, was he a singer? I forget. I have no idea. But anyway. All of his songs were about sausage. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jazz hands. But the the Muppet show, uh, he had the idea for it, but no American company would give him any money. But Lou Grade, who was a British dude, was like, I get it. I think I can make some money off you. And so they picked up operations. And they moved to London to, wasn't it Pine Tree Studios? I think so. That sounds right. Side note, Lou Grade sounds exactly like a Phantom of the Paradise character. Yeah. <laughs> does. And Lou Grade, who eventually became was knighted and became a lord, oh. Lord Lou Grade. Lord Lou Orson Welles is named after Lou Grade. And, uh, because he's Lou Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and Lou Grade literally gave them... Like, yes, do your show. Come over to come over to England. Um, and, oh, there's some great stuff in the biography about moving to England and getting used to dealing with English crews. And he's like, like basically what I take away I got was tea time's a thing, y'all. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't plan on getting any shit done until everybody's had their tea. And then it's going to, everybody's just going to stop and walk away, whether you like it or not. It's just like siesta times in certain countries. Just, just shops are going to shut down. You got to deal with it. Nope. It's tea time. It's tea time, people. You got to understand. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend the biography. There's a lot of great stuff in there. It's fascinating. You get, I mean, it's Jim Henson, but it's the history of the Muppets and how everything happened. And it's super duper cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like somebody else talk now because <laughs> otherwise I'll just be like, nah, and then there was this part and then there was this part. What are you guys thinking? Oh, I mean, I fucking love this movie. I grew up on this. I grew up, uh, like um, like I said earlier, watching reruns of The Muppet Show. Um, so this is all just like, I mean, I like every single joke in here is something my dad has repeated a fucking million times. Oh my God. Um, so much dad in like, this movie. Like, the flim is okie dokie. <laughs> flip, 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 flip. Love this uh, movie. The um, bear in his natural habitat is a Studebaker. Um, uh, he's like bear, bear left. Guy. He's like right frog. Uh, that's all shit my that's dad cute. has said so many times. Uh, so it's just like part of it's like I don't know if some of this is familiar from the movie or just having heard my dad say it because he thinks it's fucking hilarious for like I mean, it what, is though. 40 years almost. Yeah, I mean, it's dad jokes the movie, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of them that I still love. Uh, I love... Uh, oh, I lo- and just the, the side gags, too. Like, what was it? The Sleaze Room? El Sleazo. El Sleazo, El Sleazo. yeah. <laughs> Showtime at the El Sleazo. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> no, I want that movie. <laughs> Bad times at the El Sneezo. Yeah, that'd be great. Yes, and Jeff Bridges still, and still Jeff Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Vinny? Yeah, I mean, it's probably been ten years since the last time I've seen it, but I might as you know, it doesn't feel like that long. Um, I grew similarly. I, I mean, I, I watched plenty of reruns of the Muppet Show growing up. Um, and then a lot of Sesame Street as well, but um, yeah, I mean, I love it. it we'll get in, into more detail as we well, start us off. It, but yeah, well, I mean, my favorite part and one of my many heroes growing up was Floyd, and then by extension, the rest of the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> that checks of course. out, uh, of course, and of course, Floyd would be yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, that yeah. sexy saxophonist guy. Is that I mean, Zoot? No, that's oh, Zoot. That's Zoot. That's no, right. no, the bass player. Of course. Floyd with his cap and his ja- his great jacket. That I will say Vinny does have a secret saxophone crush in his heart. Even <laughs> though no the bass secret. is his true love. <laughs> I've never, I never learned how to play the saxophone. Mm-hmm. Did you want to play the saxophone or listen to the saxophone? <laughs> I'd rather listen to the saxophone <laughs> than play it. Hey, but it's hard to beat a good sax solo in pretty much any medium. Really? Even Kenny G? I mean, almost. Okay. So, that's also not like a real saxophone. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> it's one of those, I don't even know what it's called. It's a soprano sax, right? Uh, sure. I, I thought know. it was a flute. Huh? <laughs> no, it's a saxophone. It's just, it's but it looks like a clarinet. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, but it's, a, it's like a soprano a, sax. You right? can tell I was in choir in school. Yeah. yeah the tenor is the bigger one than the alto. Right. The tenor that looks smaller. What's a normal saxophone? Tenor. Oh, tenor okay. sax or an alto is the two you're probably used to seeing. Yeah. The one that you get like the berry seen. sax that like you have to like those are awesome. Come way down to the side. That's great radio right there. Yeah, great. <laughs> you know, just like this guy's? Yeah. <laughs> totally like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you see how my hands are arranged? Yes, yeah. I totally see that. <laughs> uh, but it was, well, it was funny when you mentioned you know, that pretty much all the puppets are left-handed. I never seemed to, I never really noticed that, I guess. Like, I knew that oh, I all of the musicians in Electric Mayhem were, and as a left-handed bass player, that was also awesome to see. Growing oh up. yeah, it's really that would be. I never noticed that, like you know, Kermit plays the banjo left-handed, or like most of them. Yeah. So that while way. we were something I read today that is obvious when you think about it is Muppets are all left-handed because most people, therefore most puppeteers, are right-handed, so they do the face with their right hand, and so the one hand they are managing is the left hand. And usually then the right hand is stuck somewhere to the body or right. in a pocket or who knows what. So Muppets Holding are left handed. The, the neck of the guitar. Yeah. The left hand. Yeah. It's just. Also, God, they almost had seriously back and neck problems. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> really? Well, like, I mean, not the Muppets, but I mean, still Henson. You know, we, we, anytime I watch The Dark Crystal, we always watch like the behind the scenes stuff too. And like watching how they work under the floors and like in like all the costumes and everything yeah it's just like ouch they're contortionists more than they are puppeteers that, like, that's dedication you to have your... that glitter in your ear so this was the 10th highest grossing movie of 1979 and this fucking box office is insane uh kramer versus kramer was number one. Oh. amityville wow. horror rocky 2 apocalypse now star trek the motion picture 
Alien 10, which I've never heard of. That's the Bo Derek. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the Jerk, Moonraker, and then the Muppet movie. Oh, dear, Moonraker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but that's like a really crazy – Like that's wow. a crazy year. But, I mean, a lot of the times you go back through, especially this era, and you're just like, those all came out that year, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. It's also that's like I've been l- looking back through um, some box office stuff, especially from like the 80s and stuff, and watch seeing what grows so high. And there's such a wide range of shit like Kramer versus Kramer and then uh, like – Alien and stuff like that versus now it's just like which franchises are owned yeah. by Disney are all going to sit in this one block right nice here. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's it's everything's so homogenized now and that's a whole yeah. other conversation, but it's yeah. crazy to think like, even if you go back like 10 years just to look at like what, how different everything has changed. Um, well, that's more than 10 years. Well, yeah, this is like <laughs> almost 40 years, but 1979. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Comedy. I'm so funny. Um, you are hilarious. I am. The I something I did not again didn't think about, but I think I noticed was I also read that on the Muppet Show, no guest star was ever allowed to appear more than once. Well, huh. ah. so I guess I never. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. Except but. they all came back for this movie. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> They, they were still in the middle, I think, of doing the Muppet Show. Were they still producing? I think they were still producing. Hold on. I can double-check that. Yeah. Yeah, I know they were because, it, yeah, it went through, like, 81. Um, well, yeah, because I, I was looking up the <laughs> cast and crew. Uh, this did get two Oscar nominations for music. Yay, Paul Williams. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it got a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. Did you know that the Hugos gave out basically their favorite film of the year award? No, I didn't know that. That's they, awesome. Yeah. So this this was the year the Hugos were like, fucking the Muppet movie. Um, but this was the most interesting. The director is James Frawley. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the only time a Muppet movie was directed by somebody who wasn't part of the Henson Company players. Yeah, and he did not get along with that. I would love to find out how the fuck he got the job. He did tons of TV. Tons of the Monkees TV yeah. show yeah. and that girl. So, I mean, the vibe is right. And then he did The Big Bus as, and then this movie and then like one other feature film in his entire life. And apparently on the set of this, he was just not having fun. And it was not a fun work environment because of it. What a sad story. Right? <laughs> yeah, it like it such a blast. But right. you would think so. I mean, I can't, I can't understand. So let's really think about this. Jim Henson. He wanted to direct originally. Yeah. And uh, Frank Oz and a couple other people were like, that's going to drive you fucking crazy because yeah. you're having to figure out how to do all of these things that have never been, literally no one has ever done before. And you're going, maybe like, yeah, let yeah. somebody else Little take man. some yeah. shit over. Yeah. Basically he took on the role of being the technical director, the, mm-hmm. the, the stunt director, the special effects director. How are mm-hmm. we going to pull this gag off? Right. And he was having to create entire new techniques to do it. Well, imagine you're the director in charge of that where, you're directing somebody, and this is just me spitballing. You're directing somebody who's more expert than you are at the art form, 
but who's also making shit up and experimenting. And so you never know if it's going to work or how it's going to play out. And like, I bet it was just, there are just some personalities who aren't going to do well with let's kind of fuck around and figure it out as we go. And I, if he was not that personality, then yeah, it would just be like, I just want to get the goddamn shot. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I feel like you'd have to know at least I mean, beginnings of what you're getting yourself into. If this is at the tail end of the trying to make a movie. I, but like I said, I have no idea. How I agree with you. That, yeah. I mean, some personalities <laughs> just would clash on that no matter what, but like, I, well, and Jim was a perfectionist. I can say I would not work well in that environment because I would be like, why don't we have this shit ready? Why, do, even though I know that like they're coming up with stuff on the fly to make it work, like that's just not how I function. And so, like, I could definitely see somebody like me. I don't know how that person, like you said, got hired there to begin with, but um, I would definitely be like that. I'd be like, fucking come on, get your shit together so we can just get the shot and be done. We're like, we got a thing to do. <laughs> I'd probably be okay with it. <laughs> I would. I'd. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Because I assume like production meetings were about like, well, we want to do the shot and this is how we think it's going to work. And then just knowing like, well, this is the first time this is ever going to be tried. Right. There's going to be shit that no matter how much we try to game it in advance, it's like, you know what we forgot about? Yeah. We forgot about a cable that needs to run from there to there. Ooh. Okay. Okay. By the, by the time we shoot the last shot, we're going to fucking know what we're doing though. It's going to be great. Like, that sounds great to me. I also wonder how long this shoot was, because that could also play a big factor in it. If you're doing that that for every, like, every one of these big shots that they have, or, like, we talked about while we were watching the movie, um, the to get the effect of Fozzie driving the car, they put all the, whatever Muppets were in the car, plus the puppet operators underneath, like, kind of, hunkered down in the car with sticking up or whatever. And, and their then, monitors. And their monitors. Because as always, remember, it's not just the puppeteer. There's got to be enough space for their monitors mm-hmm. so they can see what they're doing. And then you have a little person in the trunk of the car, control like remote control driving it, basically, um, with a monitor. And the, uh, one of the times, like the monitor glitched out and somebody was having to basically tell them how to turn and maneuver the car over. Him. Yeah, yeah, basically over a walkie-talkie. Yeah, if you could. A little to the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little to, you're good. You're straight, straighten out. You're good. Oh, you're drifting. And so I can see that getting very, very frustrating if that's happening, like every on every day. one of those, and that's like your life for this for this shooting. Yeah. Um, and especially when you don't have a vested interest in it the same way that Frank Oz and, and Jim Henson and the whole Henson yeah, well, and even Lou like, Grade, the producer. Who yeah, yeah. Then it's like, like, this is their baby that they're doing and they're going to do it a billion times so they get it right. Whereas a, uh, you know, a hired gun director is just going to be like, just a paycheck. We got the shit. Let's go. <laughs> that was good enough. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, as a kid, it never dawned on me. Uh, how off? Like how many of these characters are done by the same? Oh, for sure, Muppeteer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like watching it this time because I was reading some trivia calling out like uh, hope that something better. Both Rolf and Kermit are voiced by Jim. How'd they manage that? Well, Jim recorded both in advance so that they could put the two tracks together, and then for the shot, somebody else 
somebody else was performing Kermit for one of the few Which, times. Like, almost never happens. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that he let somebody else perform Kermit, but Kermit is just basically sitting there and moving his head. And Rolf, as they put it, Rolf took a more energetic performance. <laughs> That's not something he just. He did Tickling whatever those ivories. Whatever he's doing to those ivories. <laughs> I love the hand Muppets. Yeah. The Muppets where it's a human hand put through the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just love yeah well and like uh and like the swedish chef his hands yeah. crack me up but it, there's also something about i picture in my head what's happening that we can't see which is two people snuggled up close together and there's the one puppeteer who's got his right hand up over his head and his left hand is playing doing whatever and that means that the other Someone puppeteer is, is in his armpit probably hugging him with his other arm to get close enough providing the other hand mm. and the two of them are having to coordinate yeah. coordinate like the two hands are two different people right oh. but they're having to give the same performance yep. i did not put that together yeah i'm just fascinated by that <laughs> except i think i think except I, I have a memory and i could be wrong i think the swedish chef both of those hands are oz and Jim did the head, hmm. or maybe not, because there's. To I can't. That that, no, that might be. I might be wrong about that because I know that there's there's something about the Swedish Chef that Jim loved. No, because Jim loved to fuck with Frank by having one one hand do shit that Frank's like, "What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> oh, we're cutting things. We have a knife." Let me slap that for that. Anyway, some more thoughts from you, Jenny. Uh, Do you guys want to go through the numbers? Sure, we can. I wrote them down to make sure that I didn't forget them all. Right? This was a good good amount. This wasn't like a Disney musical. It starts with... Rainbow Connection. Yeah. I the mean, Bob Ross theme. Right up, Ross. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> now I want a Kermit Ross. I want a Kermit in a Bob Ross way. That would be funny. Mm-hmm. And he'd have that soothing voice. <laughs> um, and then there's the dance at the El Slizo. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> the crowd's turning ugly. You should have seen the dancers. <laughs> The way their little, like, Kermit's feet move from far away, it's like, I don't know how it's not creepy, but it it's not. It's just fascinating to watch because it's so completely non-human motion. It's just very Yeah, and I don't know quite how they how they puppeted it because mm-hmm. they're... There's a downward pressure on it, so it's not a it's not a marionette because marionettes mm-hmm. don't move like that. Maybe so I'm, I I think they had must have had sticks underneath. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't realize that Fozzie's belly apparently had its own puppeteer because that yes. was just like <laughs> around everywhere. Yeah. Oh man, it was exciting. <laughs> I always love it when Kermit sinks down into his body. Yeah. <laughs> when he was in the chair. Yes, that one's really good. <laughs> Suddenly he's like two inches tall. Always <laughs> cracks me up. Um, then there's moving right along. Moving right along. That one gets quoted and sung a lot in our house, especially on road trips. That's Which also gets mixed in my head with. Yeah. There we go. 
Dusty songs get mixed up in my head a lot. Manamana. Yep. <laughs> um, then, can you picture that? The Electric Mayhem! Yep. Love it. Love Mellow them. and profitable. <laughs> <laughs> we is M R N B. Yeah, I never caught the R and B joke until this. Yeah, the subtitles were on, and I'm like, "Oh, that's clever." My name Floyd. Oh, Floyd's the best. Um, I made those costumes for. I made the whole the whole yeah. Doctor Keith and the African costumes once. Yeah, it almost killed me. <laughs> but, no, yeah, but they looked amazing. Mm-hmm. It was Prince in the Electric Mayhem. I was Prince because I was short. Um, <laughs> Uh, like Dr. Teeth is a, is a very close second for me. He's I great love as Dr. Well. Teeth. Dr. Teeth. I, yeah. Like, Who Rolf, I never realized how much he sounds exact. Like, he is. He is Ralph yeah, has yeah. the same voice. Oh, yeah. Until Chris was like, right before Ralph starts talking, he goes like, this is definitely not Dr. Teeth. And they start talking. I was like, oh, shit. How am I? <laughs> Except that the personalities are very different. They are. Yeah. But yeah. it's the exact same voice. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know how I've literally never noticed that until uh, t- today. Especially while he's still playing the piano. Yeah. <laughs> I love Rolf because all he does, all he does to puppet his head is just, just flip, flip them around ears. so he can flop his ears. Mm-hmm. It cracks me up. Uh, never before. <laughs> Best singing in the movie. Best. It's like that fucking whole you, fucking Frank song Oz. is just oh, yeah. for that last note. That Frank Oz. Is. And he kind of hits. He, I love it too much. <laughs> he goes for it. Chris and I for our wedding. And nails it. Uh, I kind of hits it. <laughs> it just goes right on by. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's a it's a sawed off shotgun approach to the note. Yeah. He just gonna Very aim accurate. and shoot at. Just gonna hit all of the notes. <laughs> uh, for Chris and I for our wedding for our wedding favors. We're like, why do people give you even more candy when you're already at a fucking reception? So our wedding favors, we made mix CDs. And there were two different ones because Chris and I had like different favorite songs and things. But they were parallel in terms of um, like upbeat song, the upbeat song, blah, 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 through. Chris insisted on having never before. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best. Never before. Um, I'm hoping that his version was you singing it for the CD. Um, what, what? I was hoping that Chris's version was you singing it oh, for the CD. That would be great, but not as great as Frank Oz. Frank Oz yeah, no, no. no, Frank Oz is the best. Uh, uh, hope that something better. Mm-hmm. That's the next one. Then I'm going to go back there someday, and then the finale. Mm-hmm. So. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs, plus a little dancing at the El Cizo Cafe. And Fuzzy Bear singing America. Uh, oh, you're right. <laughs> Which is the weirdest one. Patriotism swells in the heart of the American yeah. bear. It really is odd. Like, why is that in there? It's so strange. And then, like, especially because, like, right before they do it, Kurt, what's his dumbass nephew's name? Robin. Robin. I don't like him. Raspberries. I've never really liked Robin, but uh, Kermit's like, this is a patriotic part. And then it like, I thought, oh, this is going to be something silly because I don't, that was one part I didn't really remember that well. And then it's him singing America the Beautiful. And I'm just like. National Park montage. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's better than the war montage in that other movie. That is true than uh, in Holiday Inn. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. Brief plot synopsis. Do we even need to? Well, I was going to say on, on, um, I'm going to go back there Sunday, which was the Gonzo song. Uh Uh, That was actually Jim Henson's favorite song. And they like played it at his funeral. Yeah. There's video of it on YouTube. It's, I love that song. It's like tears every time. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole scene after where Kermit talks to himself is like legit character drama awesomeness. Of yeah. Just, it's kind of powerful stuff. I lied when I said never. I said I never made a promise. Yeah. I made a promise to me. No. Just like, holy shit. That's some great shit there. Um, <laughs> So uh, the writers were the two major Muppet writers uh, was uh, Jack Burns and Jerry Jewell. Uh, Jack, Jerry Jewell, of course, he was the first full-time employee of the Henson Company. The very first one who was actually an employee. And because he, he started way back with the Salmon Friends weird shit um, and stayed with them all the way up through. He wrote for Sesame Street for six years, and he was the head writer on The Muppet Show for the first season. Um, pardon me, for four years. And then he went on to Fraggle Rock as a writer and producer. Don't step on the computer, cat. <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, Jerry Jewell wrote the story for all of the Charlie Brown specials. Oh, okay. Jack Burns, I did not know this at all. He was George Carlin's comedy partner before Carlin went solo. He was a stand-up duo with George Carlin. And then and then he went to Second City. And then he did some more stand-up with another dude whose name I forget. And then he was the head writer for the first season of The Muppet Show and then handed it off to Jerry Jewell. So the two of them together wrote the script. And Jerry Jewell has been described by um, Dave Geltz as kind of the heart of the Muppet show. He's like, and Jerry Jewell says, you know, I was never much of a Muppeteer or performer actually. So I very quickly transitioned into writing for them. And Dave Geld said of him that of anybody, he got the characters the best. He had such a, an understanding of what was true and real for the characters to be able to write for them. And so, yeah. So there's a little bit of, Muppetry for you, and of course, so there's Frank there's Oz, and also uh, essentially an un, not really uncredited writer, but David O'Dell um, mm-hmm. is the guy who, um, as all the cameos were coming in and dropping out and stuff, uh, he's yeah. the guy that basically had to rewrite big chunks of the script to make the cameos fit in. And Jim Henson was so impressed with him that he had him write like the Dark Crystal, and he did a bunch of other work with like Jim Henson later. Well, and he gets a special uh, call out. Thank and he gets you a special, call, yeah. Of like, you saved our bacon. Yeah. Because we were reading the same trivia clearly today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cameos kept changing due to shooting schedules, and people were like, "Yeah, totally be in your movie." <laughs> oh wait, can't make it now. Filming my own movie. Well, shit. Uh, so you can't make it, but we can get James Coburn instead. Uh, uh, Odell, write, write a scene for the works with Coburn now. Yeah. Can so the other funny thing about, about, uh, David Odell is that, um, so Paul Williams wrote all the music and then was having trouble with like the finale song. And so Jim Henson was like, 
why don't you try something for this to David Odell? And Paul Williams found out that someone else was doing his job and all of a sudden, like, cranked out the last number. <laughs> yeah. Um, writer's block went away real quick. Yeah, yeah. he was like, was... oh, nope, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this is some of Paul Williams' best stuff. It's real it's good. really good, yeah. I mean, I don't... It's like every song I love. I feel the same way about Penal in Paradise. Uh. Um, and I just rewatched. Did he do the? But wait, who did the music for the Muppet Christmas Carol? Is that Paul Williams or is that? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I would have. Uh, look that up for us, Mike. We'll see. Um, so a uh, little. I'll fill time by saying uh, Frank Oz um, was considered John Landis's good luck charm. Cause he also would be an on-screen actor mm-hmm. and he would do bit parts in most of, in all of John Landis's movies. The one movie he didn't do the twilight zone. So he was really his good luck charm. Yes, yeah. Paul Williams wrote for, wrote the music for Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. And I mean, that's charming, but it's not, it's not as like immediately recognizable. You're going to sing it well, for this days. So like, like good from yeah. start to finish. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Also, instead of a plot synopsis, you should just post a link to the screenplay so they can catch them. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. <laughs> I love they use that gag multiple yeah, times, and it kills me every time I they know, say it. Oh, that's right here. This is where we show up. <laughs> yeah, it's like it says you'd be desert, what is it like nice. exterior desert, and we knew where to find you. <laughs> right where to find you. <laughs> Um, what's happening? We're what's happening. <laughs> I, never, uh, I never get tired of the electric man. Yeah, yeah. And where? What is it that Kermit says when he opens the door? Oh, uh, Fozzie. These don't look like Presbyterian. These don't look like Presbyterian. And then they go through it back again as Doctor Teeth's reading it. He does. I did want to say. So as we reference people, Jerry Nelson is the Count. He's Robin, um, and he does a lot of the minor ones. Uh, Frank Oz, of course, uh, is Piggy, and and like all the other characters. Basically, if there are two characters who are constantly together, one's Henson, one is mm-hmm. Jim, and one is Frank. Yep. So, um, and you can pretty much figure them out by their voices, and also their kind of their personalities. Jim tends to be the sillier one, and Frank tends to be. The bitchier one. <laughs> um, Dave right. Geltz is Gonzo and Benson Honeydew. Um, and interesting, he started out as a builder, a puppet builder, before he became uh, a, prin- a principal Muppeteer. And then uh, he and Steve Whitmore are the only pup- Muppeteers who were in all of the movies. Of course, Steve Whitmore got fired. Did you read about that? No. So when Jim died, Steve Whitmore was tapped by Brian and the family to take over Kermit. Mm-hmm. And Steve Whitmore let it go to his head. Oh. And, uh, yeah, apparently he was a big old diva to the point. Brian Henson. Like that guy from Alf. Uh, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you about that in a minute. That's okay. Crazy um, shit. Brian Henson, because Brian Henson sold the Muppets to Disney in 2004, and after all the shit went down and there was a lot of fluffle, he it got to the point where he literally did an interview just to address everything and set the record straight of like, no, really, when I sold the Muppets to Disney in 2004, I wished I had fired Steve before I handed off the problem to them. <laughs> we knew it was a problem then. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, he would apparently do things like, well, the Muppets are Kermit and I'm Kermit, so you better do what I want. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now a different guy, uh, Vogel is doing Muppet. What's his name? Matt Vogel is doing, is doing Kermit now. So, yeah, and for the most part, I'm okay. I mean, I can hear that the voices are wrong. Right. But the, yeah. having just rewatched the Muppet Christmas Carol, though, you want to know the one that most offends me is the Statler and Waldorf just are wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, you're not right. You're, right. You're really not right. I can handle that Kermit sounds a little off. I can handle this, that, and the other, but you're just flat wrong, and I need you to stop now. <laughs> Apparently, I'm very attached to Statler and Waldorf. Apparently. <laughs> Who knew? Just think of them as doing an English accent. Because they're in the Dickens movie. <laughs> nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it. They're trying accent. to help you. Except Michael Caine. Except Kane. Michael Caine. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Caine. What about Alf? Oh, yeah. The oh, Alf yeah. Story. So that, the, the puppeteer that did Alf um, and, like, created that character and everything, he was apparently, like, a huge diva on the set and would not let people would only let people see the puppet when he was getting ready to perform, like, and then it would immediately go into a case. And uh, would only, when people wanted to talk to him, they would have to, like, speak to the puppet. (laughs) Are you kidding me? He was a method puppeteer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, when people people came up to him, You are not a furry fucking alien. Yeah, when the director would come up to, like, give him notes and stuff, he'd have to, like, tell Alf the puppet and not the puppeteer. Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine working for like 15 years in Hollywood and finally getting a network show okay. and you have to talk to a puppet? But like how great would it be to be like a grip or something on the set and just watching <laughs> that shit go down? Like, like nobody you, that has you any... You would be coming home being like, honey, pour a, cup, pour a glass of wine and listen to Nobody that's right. got like any real stakes behind all of this. Just somebody that gets to just sit yeah, and watch all of this bullshit go on. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think like, yeah, grip. I'm trying to think who in a movie set would not get eventually get annoyed at like, can we just fucking get the shit done? Oh, I'm sure there's definitely a point that regardless, like Everybody. whoever you are, somebody's going to be like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> I'm going to punch that fucking puppet in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, you better put that puppet away because right now I'm about ready to take it out. Do <laughs> you think he made the makeup artist put makeup on out? <laughs> <laughs> Get his good side. <laughs> so, um, technical marvels in this. Like, I was like, like obviously the, the bike, the car. Um, but even like, there's when they're walking across the office up to Orson oh. Welles at the desk. I'm like, they're because they're masking it with the furniture that they're they're sort of walking behind. I'm like, okay, how did they fucking do that? I mean, and I know what they did for all of the Muppet Show is they built all the sets up on very mm-hmm. high platforms so they could just basically walk underneath them. So they must have mm-hmm. done that. And then I'm just picturing them like walking in trenches everywhere. Well, they, that like that last shot of the 250 Muppets, oh, yeah. um, they're basically, they have like six foot trenches that are um, dug down where they're all standing. And they hired like 140 other puppeteers beyond what the Muppet crew had. <laughs> they put up the call to the Puppeteers like <laughs> Association puppeteers of America, single. and they said every every puppeteer west of the Rockies showed up. Yeah, I just really wanted to and like, say uh, that that was in the movie. Become rich and famous. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> one of the people working one of the puppets is John Landis. Uh-huh. Uh, he does Grover, and he said that Tim Burton was there doing one of the puppets as oh. well. And basically, it's like everybody who was involved with anything was like there helping out. With we the need people because, with hands. Yeah, <laughs> and they had to do the training like really quick, and we're basically just like one day on how to use puppets on camera versus like in a stage environment and some they're like somehow it worked we don't know <laughs> the magic happened yeah 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 um, um the, but also when they're outside at the at the ghost town i was like okay how oh, are yeah, they fucking really doing good. that yeah because you can Walking see their feet everywhere. yeah like Damn. Oh, technical marvels of the ghost town. The ginormous animal head. Yeah. Apparently Which nightmares. used to scare me as a kid. My parents will still be like, say how I would be like, animals going to get big and scare me. Uh, <laughs> when I watched the movie for like the 30th time, it's like, I knew it was coming, but I'm still like, he's going to get big and it's going to scare me. <laughs> But they made, they made a 60 foot head. That's a crazy. real practical head. Jim insisted. Yeah. 60 feet. This is fucking huge. I want to know how they puppeted it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what? what do you, yeah. You can't how? just stick your hand up that. Anything happened to it. <laughs> now we're back to the butt <laughs> stuff. Now we just need to isolate <laughs> that one. Uh. <laughs> Can you take the penis out and yeah. just stick your hand up in it? You get to take the penis out. <laughs> You can't Ow. just stick your hand up that. <laughs> um, yeah, the the animal head's really, really, really impressive. Um, that's probably one of my favorite like shots of the movie. Is just when it comes up and then everything shakes and it's it's awesome. It's well, really cool. Well, and I mean, and we've mentioned it, uh, muppeting in a car. Yeah, yeah. What ridiculous? That that is ridiculous. Oh, oh. technical achievement, Miss Piggy's wigs. And cleavage. They are so <laughs> And her cleavage. She's got kind of Jenny, like, cleavage. the first time she comes out, Jenny's like, I like that they gave her cleavage. And Chris and I were both like, well, can't unsee that. <laughs> I know, it's like stamped into the felt. Well, yeah. I think her puppet changes over the year to where they actually just actually gave her boobs. Oh, really? I think so. I think eventually yeah, they did. I think you're yeah. Right. But here, it's a very, like, yeah, it's just a very flat piece of felt that they, like, stamp or drew on, like, cleavage. <laughs> like, carved. It's sort yeah. of, like, carved in the yeah. felt. Uh-huh. It's interesting felt, too, because it's, I think it looks flocked. Like, like it's a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my friends is a, a puppet builder, uh, Gordon. And he actually, I think, went to like conferences or something. But he's learned what's called the Muppet Stitch. It's a very special way of stitching um, a particular stitch to stitch them together. That's more invisible, apparently. So yeah, uh, he built Cargill's personalized puppet. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Cargill's got no. a puppet of himself. <laughs> that was commissioned. He, fucking, of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> when they moved to their new house, he just left it sitting in the middle oh, of the spare room, empty. <laughs> so <laughs> Jess was walking through when the, like barely anything was in the house and she was walking through and there's just this <laughs> it was in, the, in the middle of the floor and just screamed. Just, and I'm like, I would have yes yeah that's terrifying yeah also terrifying um, um so then there's also the bicycle which is like something that they had to come up with 
But like, according to Frank Oz, like once they figured out how to do it, it was like, Oh, everybody, he's like, everybody was so impressed with that, that we just did a shitload of it in our next movie, which is a great Muppet caper. And they have a whole bunch of them riding bikes. Um, but basically they just came up with a crane system. A marionette. A, mar- it's a, it's a crane, crane marionette. being a marionette. Um, one of the really funny things that I read, though, was James Frawley, when people ask him how they did it, is he would say, like, he's like, my stock answer is, well, first I put Kermit on three wheels, and after he mastered that, I put him on two. <laughs> <laughs> also, that's a really good gag in the movie, too. It's a very dangerous thing to fill the road in the middle of the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good script. I love all the dumb jokes. Yeah. Myth, myth. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, what's, uh, Carol Kane? It's Carol yeah. Kane. Yeah. Madeline Kahn shows up. That always makes me mm. so happy. And a, I wanted to say very young Cloris Leachman, but she's still like 50 in this movie. <laughs> but, um, she looks good. She looks great. Yeah. But I had to look it up because I was like, I was like, she's still got to be. And I looked it up. I was like, yep, 50. But she looks like she could be in like her 30s. 30s, yeah. 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 <laughs> But um, also you used to seeing her at like 91. <laughs> well, and also she, I'm so used to young Frankenstein and all those roles where she's yeah. always in bizarre get-ups and weird makeup. Right, right, right. I can't even tell how old she is. Blucher. Let's see. Steve Martin. No, bro. Oh, Steve Martin is so May good. I? Oh. <laughs> Steve Martin is my favorite cameo. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Do you think he wrote it himself? Oh, the, like, probably there was some sort of, you know, collaboration. Why him, is he in later hosen? That's the best part. Yeah. He feels like a probably the most natural fit for the tone of the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so having him in there and just being a total asshole is great. Jim, would, you, would you like to sniff the bottle cap? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can we get a couple of straws? I was expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that because you're like, well, how are they going to, how are Muppets going to pick up a glass full of liquid and right. that's going to work at all? Would you, we'd like some straws. Yes, you would. Yeah. I just love the goofiness of that. I love how you said, you mentioned that they pissed off Ohio by insulting their wine. <laughs> oh yeah. Just the finest wine and all. And is it Ohio or I, Idaho? Idaho. 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 Right. He's like this muscatel from Idaho. And it sounds ridiculous. Why would there be wine from Idaho? But apparently there are really good wineries in Idaho that are like, like we're like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, when Gonzo makes the joke about I want to break, yeah, yeah, yeah. break into films oh, yeah. in Bombay, and it's like Jim Henson had no idea that Mumbai, Bollywood, was a, was a thing. Really? I thought that was like kind of the joke of it. No. no he, he was, was trying picking, to think like something fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and instead he picked – the one place in the world where they make more movies than Hollywood. Yeah. Just by complete accident. He had to have like heard that and it just came to him in a dream. Well, but also twisted. let's remember it's 1979. We take for granted now our access to media from everywhere. Yeah. How many people knew about Bollywood films back then? Because how many films had actually even gotten over here? Look and where were you going to watch them? Stars. Hmm. Bollywood? Bollywood started at the same time as Hollywood. Oh, okay. Oh, 60s Bollywood is some bonkers shit, y'all. It's so, it's so, the, oh God, because they're all wearing those 60s polyester suits and it's just, (laughs) it's delightfully weird. 
yeah, like put sixties with Bollywood. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, so no, tasteless. <laughs> it's so not pretty, but great at the same time. Do you use fans as effectively as they did in my Huna? Probably not. I mean, no one could ever use fans as effectively <laughs> as they did in that film. The, the fans are so great. Mm-hmm. Also, I just need random violin players to pop into frame for me. <laughs> um, Callback. Hey, oh, I remember. The other uh, cameo <laughs> that really threw me that I did not remember is Elliot Gould. <laughs> yes! <laughs> what? I, yeah. I mean, of course, it was 79, so he's... Well, then it's I mean, this is like this. Yeah, this is like long, long goodbye. Yeah, uh, Elliot Gold, not oh, Ocean's yeah. Eleven. Uh, <laughs> the only other, movie, only other movie he's ever been in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in Ocean's Thirteen. Oh, right. <laughs> not twelve. No. I mean, I I'll never forget the thing and the place. He's one of the only. Uh, I think he may be the only one that comes back in Ocean's Eight, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, and also the Chinese acrobat dude. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting is that most of the cameos aren't played, uh, I shouldn't say most, but like several of them aren't played for laughs. They're just this famous actor you know doing a bit. Yeah. Like Bob Bob Hope's in it, but he's not really pulling off any jokes. No, he's just not really. being yeah, he's Bob just Hope. There, yeah. Elliot Gould is just playing a part that any other actor could fill except it's Elliot Gould. Kids, every kid's favorite movie star, oh, yeah. Elliot Gould. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, it is a little it odd. Is, it is weird. Like, but then again, Richard, like Richard Pryor, Pryor is oh, like two minutes later. Uh, I do like Richard Pryor's cameo. It's really good. Uh, Chicks go sales. gaga. Yeah. <laughs> why, not, why don't you buy both? What a wild idea. <laughs> I love Gonzo. Uh, yeah. Yes, Gonzo's the I best. I forgot about Camilla the chicken <laughs> and their romance. And how he fucks that chicken. <laughs> she fucks him right back, I'm sure. <laughs> like, I bet it's hot. <laughs> Chris is into it. <laughs> he puts his nose in the cloaca. <laughs> no. That's how they have sex, right? No, you really didn't need to do that. <laughs> also, how is he going to insert that nose anywhere when it points back at his own chin? Well, I mean, ducks, they have the corkscrew shaped vagina, so that could probably be. I'm sure there's some similarities there. This is a fascinating episode, guys. Well, what are you going to do when the whole movie our, is our, nothing but people's hands up other people's butts? Yeah, we always save our best stuff for the children's movies. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You know, Frank Oz, hand up Yoda's ass. Yeah. Oh, I did not know Frank Oz will not let anybody touch the Yoda puppet. Really? Except him. Hmm. Yeah, he, I mean, he feels very, very protective of that character it's like nope don't touch it that's mine don't no you don't get to put your hand because people are always like oh can i can i puppet yoda nope nope the only person who maybe so only person who fists yoda is <laughs> <Frank Oz, guys. laughs> it's a very special relationship i have um but i was uh in the henson biography they talked about the yoda puppet and because of all of uh, as as you get into the more advanced muppets like yoda there, and where there's a lot more mechanics to it besides just the actual hand doing the work. So there's all those mechanical elements in the puppet and then all the cords and everything trailing that have to be hidden. That puppet was heavy. It was a really exhausting performance. Yeah, I bet. So imagine riding, riding around on, on Mark Hamill's back. He had to carry Frank Oz. <laughs> <laughs>
That'd be hilarious. Can you imagine Frank Oz, like, wrapped around his waist with just, like, the hand up over his shoulder? Mmm, heavy I am. Run faster. I can't sing as well, Benny, you do. The what song? The The the, seagull song? The bad lip reading? The bad lip reading of Yoda. (laughs) Oh, that, yes. Sing from a hairy vine. I can be your backpack while you climb. That long had a chub. All I can remember is the image of don't fall asleep. I like the bad lip reading of Michael Bublé's song that they turned it into Russian Unicorn. I will show that shit to you. It cracks me way up. Um, Are we going to talk about the Muppet movie anymore? Oh, yeah. What's your favorite numbers? Yeah, we. I mean, uh, yeah. we could get to the part where we just talk about favorite numbers. Uh, I did want to say, oh, yeah. Orson Welles only has one line in the movie, which is so weird to me. Uh, and, and then yeah, I was kind he of delivers like, real, he he's delivers standard. Richard and this Davis is deal. and this is like drunk all the time. Yeah, uh, Orson Welles, and like, he's and he's still, really good. He's it. still like really good to where you go. I can see why you were a star. Like even with one line, just looking at the camera yeah, yeah. and having a reaction. He's really, he's, he's very really good. fucking good. Uh, you guys have all seen the Orson Welles champagne commercial, right? <laughs> it's the best thing ever. It's like, like ever, like all fine French champagnes. He's like drunk as hell. <laughs> I have not seen oh, it. Oh, it's, I'll show it to you afterwards. It's oh, yeah. Put it in the show notes. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. He's like, like all good French <laughs> champagnes. <laughs> Mm, it's just take after take of him. He's just fucking wasted for it. We it's kept amazing. drinking the champagne. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So favorite numbers. What is your favorite? Do you- I don't. It's hard to pick one because I love all of them. Do ga do That's not my favorite though. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably Gonzo's. The uh, yeah, mine too. I'm going to go back there someday. I'm gonna go back. Yeah, just that's the one that like. Just hits me every time because I, it's not one that I think of when um, I'm thinking of the movie. Like usually, like you think of like Rainbow Connection and uh, Moving Right Along and Can You Picture That and like all the kind of more upbeat, fun ones. And that one comes in, it's like, oh, that's really sad. <laughs> but not sad. But not sad. It kind of isn't, isn't it? It's hopeful. Like, it's it's hopeful, but like yeah. wistful. That's a good word. Yeah. Nice thesauruses. But there's that line. There's not a word yet for old friends you've just met. Every Aww. time he sings that, that just hits me right in the feels. I'm like, yeah. yep, that's a beautiful line. Mm-hmm. It's like being nostalgic for a moment that hasn't passed yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what was your favorite? Oh, it's Rainbow Connection. Oh. <laughs> I Leonard Carrot in his Bob Ross wig. <laughs> I love it. That's the heart of the Muppets right there. And Tom DeLuise. He's also good in his cameo. Tom DeLuise. I really enjoy his cameo. I'm Bernie, the agent. (laughs) (laughs) You're funny. I like you. You know what? Here's an ad. Get that tongue fixed. We'll see what we can do. (laughs) Bernie, the agent, meet, what is it? Um, Allie, the alligator. Not Allie. Arnie? Arnie. Arnie, the alligator. That's right. Arnie, the alligator. Arnie's funnier. Arnie, don't eat him. No, don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, come on. Come on. Don't do that. He's nice. What's yours? Dr. Teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like I have to. I, I will say <laughs> I was I, I went in fully expecting to say that, and the Gonzo number did surprise me. I, that was one I just didn't really remember. Again, I mean, having not seen it in 10 years, I was more about 
the upbeat numbers then. Um, but I think it still wins out. Just cause Can't picture that. I also love Janice. She's another one where the whole most man, of the yeah. muppeting is just watching her hair flip around. Yeah, and I completely forgot when they when they introduce where, when they first get in there and, and he introduces himself, Doctor T. It's just welcome my presence. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my presence. welcome to my presence. Yeah, so good. <laughs> also, the can you picture that song? I want to do a super cut of all the songs and all the musicals that remind me of each other because I was picturing the new Mary Poppins with Can you imagine that? <laughs> those two songs together would be super fun yeah right because you i always wonder from one song to the next <laughs> like ah oh, those aren't even in the same show but in my head they go together la, 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 la. just see the band like swimming through the background <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing it'd be really good i do like my i do love uh can you picture that i also love the fact that the whole song is for them to paint the car. <laughs> and the, and so the whole they can time do that you're, one visual gag. And the whole time that you're watching, you're going like, how is painting this? It's still going to be a Studebaker. Like, those aren't common cars to see. And then they immediately pull out. And he's like, we're looking for a frog and a bear and a, uh, and a tan Studebaker. He's like, I only see a frog and a bear and a rainbow Studebaker. Who gave this away? Must have been you. There are a hundred bears. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that so much because the whole time I was like, this is a terrible plan. Oh, yeah. And they pull out and they're immediately spotted. <laughs> but then they hide by pulling in front of a... With an even more face. ridiculous plan. Like yeah. that's, that's such Muppets logic. I love, I love Muppet logic. I do too. That seems to work out pretty well, yeah. yeah. I can behind it. Um, wow, this is a really scattered episode, guys. But you know what? It's kind of appropriate for the Muppets because yeah. there's not any coherence really from moment to moment. Oh, we, yeah, because then we even get the Mel Brooks. The Mel Brooks uh, cameo is really weird. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. It's like licking that machine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, fairly tame for a Mel Brooks performance. No, With he's the really. I mean, oh well, the raunchiness, but he's. Oh no, he's, he's like horny voice. for that machine, though. Yeah, <laughs> he's chewing anything that comes within arm's reach. That's true. Come over he's here. Yeah. Um. So, any closing thoughts about the Muppet movie? It rules. Yeah. I'm really glad that Sweetums finally made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How does it compare to your other Muppet movie experiences? Uh, I don't want to compare them because it's my childhood movie watching experiences and watching this as an adult, it's a very different experience. Okay. I don't personally love this one as much, but for no real reason, except I didn't watch it as a kid. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say that's the reason I love this one so much is because I grew up with it more than the other ones. I mean, I still love like a Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Treasure Island was kind of like... Yeah. I haven't seen it since I was seven. It's, I thought it was great. It I was, was going to say, I think I was like 10 or so, by like a little kind of on the older side for the Muppets by the time. It, not like too old for them, because I don't think you're ever too old for Muppets. Yeah, but, but there's a point but in your childhood point, where you get a little too involved in your own sense of sophistication. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're kind of like, I'm past this. And so like Muppet Treasure Island never really held anything special for me the way that like... This one, and especially the, like the first three, Muppets like, Take Manhattan, Muppets Take Manhattan, and The Great Muppet Caper. All three of those have like a big special place in my heart because I've seen them like a billion times as a kid. Teddy saw this for the first time on the big screen at the Alamo because nice. um, nice. they were having a children's yeah. a children's screening, and I was just like, yep. I don't even care if you love it. You're gonna you're grow gonna to you're gonna, gonna grow to this. love it, but your first experience is gonna be on the big screen. Um, so yeah, that was uh, the Muppet movie. Yay! Woo! 
And I have been one of your hosts, Wendy. I'm Jenny. Mike. And our special guest star, Jenny. Hi. And uh, as usual, please uh, like, rate, subscribe. Rate, what, review, what? subscribe. There you go. Rate, review, subscribe. You're better at it than I am. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Don't yeah. comment, especially if you're a stranger. Yeah. Especially if you're a stranger, leave us uh, a nice review. We got a really nice one from someone that had come from uh, another podcast. Uh, heard us talking about them talking about us and um, left us a very, very sweet review, and we appreciate it. Because there's not a word yet for old friends you've, you've just <laughs> met. So why don't we all meet? Yay. Oh, how sweet. Um, so we will talk to you next week. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. The Musical. Oh. About with the little kid that no like teaches his mom to murder. Oh, the Book of Book Henry. Of Henry. <laughs> uh, it was me and one lady that was probably like your age. She was a little bit older than me, but not like, not like the other ladies that I was talking about. Um, they were... Uh, it was me and her. We were the only people in the theater. We were both a little tipsy and we were seated at opposite ends of the row. And we basically, as the movie progressed, got closer and closer because we were just like shouting like, what the fuck is happening? Right <laughs> and like, if it's just two people in there, who gives a shit, you know? And, well, and it's you're also both on not, board with it. Yeah. It's also not a movie that like we're really into. I'm always a little disappointed when I go see a shitty movie, specifically Hope like during the day, hoping it's a solo screening, so I can just be like, "Yes!" And then some one other person comes in. I'm like, "Well, now I got to figure out this for everyone." Now I got to figure out like what's your what's okay for you. Yeah, (laughs) because like I went and saw ah there was that shitty um, medieval one with Jeff Bridges. Um, like this recently? No, this was like oh, it was when I was still up in Minnesota. It was like five years ago. And like he was some sort of magical fantasy thing. And, oh, like yeah. Jackson? No, 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 no. Like medieval, like back swords and dragons and shit. And I can see it in my face. In my you can face. see it in your face. <laughs> I, can I can see it in your face too. But it doesn't matter. It was shitty and nobody was going to see it. And it was my birthday. And I was like, I'm going to the movies. <laughs> You're like, all I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to go to drunk. this like at 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's gonna be seeing this on a Saturday. Nobody and one dude came in. I was just pissed. Oh, hard pass. Bye. You gotta go, bro. <laughs> I believe you need because I was like, I'm gonna cackle. I'm gonna be like, yes. <laughs> what? Nah, that doesn't make any sense. Oh shit. Now I gotta be respectful. <laughs> Fucker. Anyway, um What a jerk. What a jerk. Mm-hmm. So uh, seventh son? That's it. I've never even heard of this movie. It's terrible. I don't recommend it without a lot of alcohol and friends. Julianne Moore and Alicia Vikander? Like, oh, well, like there were some... Kit like, Harrington's in it? Yeah. Wow. Jaimon Hansu? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. How did I not hear this There's movie? some really great visual... There's some great visual design in it, you know, but it doesn't make I mean, any sense. This is, uh, also, Jaimon uh, Hansu is in Aquaman. He has three lines, and... When you see his character, it's bananas because it's all makeup and it's like James Wan has said, like it's not CG. And you look at how much time they put into making him look the way he does and the amount of dialogue that he has. And it's like, 
that feels like a little bit of a waste. <laughs> Maybe they were punishing him. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they cut his scenes and he had Also, Julie Andrews has a voice cameo in it. <gasps> what? 